Dude, I went to the, you're gonna, you're gonna love this. I went to a birthday party on Friday, and the birthday party oh right after the pod, yeah. did not want really actively did not want her guests to sing happy birthday. She just okay. like, didn't really really didn't want that. That's a big problem. Huh? So we landed <laughs> on humming just the last. <laughs> and that was like the it. doorbell style. <laughs> that was it. Dude, you want to make a podcast? Let's do it. We all got to start somewhere on Gibbs Podcast. It's two of us. I'm Henry, he's Dave. Hey, We're hey, sitting in my hey, living room with hey, my cat. Hey. She's on the couch. She's watching us. You're listening. It's Gearbuds. I can't believe that just happened. I'm so we're at, this is a new trend we have to do. Now we have to sing a new improvised <laughs> harmonized intro. Every episode Gearbuds episode 157, 157 That's of these right. things. We're approaching 3 years. I realized that May Oh my is, god. Three years for this right. dang old show. Let's do it. We already introduced ourselves. Let's dive into the Symphony of Corrections, where I remind you weekly that uh, cables are tone tubes. So let's chew on that. <laughs> Listen in, follow us on the stuff, subscribe on the stuff, email us at the stuff, gearbudspodcast at gmail.com. Shout out if you reach out to, oh, I hope I can remember everything because I only wrote one down, but this is exciting, Dave. Mm-hmm. We have a correction in the symphony provided. Provided, provided, provided by one of our listeners who also follows follows us on Instagram, Vox Shades. Okay. Thank you so much for reaching out because Vox Shades let us know what the tailpiece is on my freaking guitar. Oh my God. Wait, what? Yes. I'm so excited to, to that I get to this is shocking. your mind with this. I know. Dude, you're going to freak out. That is... The bait. Oh, so the ba- the main part of it, the bass part, not the not the actual wiggle stick. The itself, part that's connected. The the bass mm-hmm. the, and the whole thing that is just not the wiggle stick. Gotcha. Is an original bridge from an Epiphone Casino. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. That's the one. And except on a casino, there was that little wooden placard in between those two vertical pieces okay. that said E for Epiphone. Mm-hmm. That. Obviously is missing, and then uh, that the arm looks to be from uh, an old Gibson, uh, like 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 probably like a vibrola. No shit itself. Yeah, that's and cool. He pointed know. that out for us, and I was like, Thank oh, you. and I went and looked and and watched some videos and stuff, and it's like one hundred percent. I mean, that makes correct. sense that it would fit because, like we said last week, it's same pretty same much guitar. identical. So, uh, so there's that, man. That's, that's awesome. I'm super excited. Thanks, Thank you so much for telling us that. Uh, also, I wanted to point out that uh, our good friend Noah Pelty, former guest, former guest, reached out and, and let me know the perfect. Should I want to? Because he's a, he's a three thirty man himself. Uh, should I want to put a Bigs Beyond the perfect fit? in his experience from Gibson uh, on there. So I'm going to put a big B on it eventually. Yeah. Well, he gave you like the model that needs yeah, like the, exactly. Yeah. Right. Like it's like the, they have like the B three and the B seven and all that I, You stuff. know, it's occurring to me that I probably should have, there uh, are a few different, yeah. which one it was. I think it's a B six maybe, but I can't remember. I only learned this when, uh, when I was selling that harmony cause it came with a Bigsby and I mm. found out those are interchangeable. The only difference was I think like the Gibson ones had like a G stamped in them or something, something very vague like that. But yeah. It's the same parts. So I learned I learned about Bigsby's. Never thought I would. Now I forgot it all. Of course, but, you know. Sophie remembers. 
she's she part is. of the show today. And ooh, I wanted to point out that Reverb is doing something called Turn Up for Ukraine, which is pretty cool. We're all I don't know if it's all for some of the companies it's hundred percent the proceeds, but some are just, you know, most. But either way, a bunch of companies through May fifteenth, pedal makers are turning it up for Ukraine with gear. Where basically you buy some certain pedals from them and all the proceeds or some of the proceeds are going to four different uh, charities r- involved with Ukraine right now, uh, including Game Changer Audio, Eventide, Walrus, Origin, Source Audio, Red Panda, Jam, and Fender themselves. Okay. So if you're interested in buying pedals right now for like any from any of those brands, go to Reverb.com slash featured slash turn up for Ukraine and that will be uh, a place to buy those pedals right now. I have a non-update from Reverb. Um, well, I'm curious about this. Have you noticed, because we talked about it a few weeks ago, they were going to do the calculated shipping now on things? Oh, yeah. I got an email about it, too. I saw it. Just recently? Mm-hmm. It was like, in the April seller uh, newsletter update, blah, blah, is blah. It, but is it activated? Because I don't, oh, I, don't know. I don't think they've actually put it into action yet, because it seems like prices same, stayed the same. At oh, least I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't actually buy, check that but it's a, it's a good question I'm not yeah sure. but i did i did notice after we talked about it then i later got some oh right like roundup email and i mentioned that maybe they just haven't um you know implemented it yet or something could be yeah. i read something very interesting today i i don't know if you've heard about this but animals as leaders i think we're Fuck all fans yeah. around here uh recently made a new record that came out and i've liked it a lot i've listened to it quite a few times at this point just made my car rattle to insanity <laughs> for so much bottom end and i actually noticed how much bottom end was in it yeah. and this will come back because so they recorded the album and and i think it's safe to say that for a long time or at least maybe for forever for most people animals of leaders has been kind of associated with the modeling fractally you know neural type world plugins and and like sure. using digital rack effects and shit rack units to model their guitars their guitar amps so they were going to do the same thing for this record that they just made. Well, they they you know recorded everything direct and, and did it all with their normal fractal and neural uh, amp plugins that they'd used before, and then just decided to try to run the those the same signals out through real amps, they had like Ooh. some Morgans and Friedmans, but they weren't in a super fancy studio or anything. Yeah. They were in like kind of a smaller studio because they had planned on just doing. But that's you know, how they do it live, everything direct, right? Because they were using. Um, Morgan amps when we saw them. what the la- the last time that I saw them you're right when we saw them at Nam mm-hmm. they were ba- they were using real amps on stage or at least Tosin was yeah the first t- couple of times that I saw them they were using all direct yeah there was all okay. fractal and stuff cool and uh, so they they decided they're like you know because they had the album basically I think they had it mixed you know and they're like you know let's just like reamp and see what happens yeah. and they re all of the guitars they ju- they redid they're like we have live to amps. use these yeah. wow. And they said, and it comes back to what we were saying about the bottom end. The, the, the that was the main difference. That no matter what they did with like the plugins or whatever, there was something just about the real like bo- speaker bottom or end. like low mid area that just wasn't coming through at all in any of like the direct stuff that they were doing. So they went and the whole thing. Can I only imagine that's they're like, all right, why haven't we been doing this like the whole time or something? You know, but it's cool that it because I mean, have you compared like one like that record with like an older one or something just to see. I, you know, it's a good, How much good point. I actually haven't done that. Yeah, uh, I wonder if that... That'd be kind of hard to do, I suppose, but, like, um, that's fucking cool, man. I'm, I'm into reamping lately, actually. I want to talk about that maybe one day. I want mean, to talk about one, it. One okay. day on the I love it. The, the, I mean, they're, the sort of their hypothesis is that there's something about, especially with heavier tones, that there's something about the energy being captured by, like, also still moving the air through a speaker and then capturing that and hitting a diaphragm of a microphone very hard and capturing that. It's like there's, there's something about that they think that that interaction is that you just, just can't duplicate that with yeah or computer. has not yet yeah right 
So in an, another interesting volley served in the digital versus analog. Who who the war that? wages on? Yeah, the war wages on. You know what? I've got a we're about to wage a little war. Of oh yeah, own, Dave, because this is we've got to have a BFI. I, I, I hate to say it. Yeah. Okay. Because we try not to poop on stuff on this show too much, but we saw something that just I think made both of us feel a little a little a little strange. Yeah. Okay. And that was that was an ad that I was served on Instagram that I screenshot and sent to you recently for a company called do we need to oh i feel like how do we need to name the company they're called manly bands (laughs) and they're they're manly rings oh (laughs) that have partnered with and now make quote this is from the official advertisement badass rings handcrafted with officially licensed fender materials oh boy so it looks like they maybe take like I don't know, strings or frets or some sort of metal thing and like embed that into like a wooden or some sort of manly and ring. partnered with like Fender trademark? They're all oh, Fender's, Fender's official all official registered logo is on the, on the advertisement. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I came over last week and you were wearing a fancy ring. I um, yeah, I, but it's not a Fender manly <laughs> band. I mean, it, it might be. A, I think I saw it. It has like the big ring. Fender F on it or something like that. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. It had a lightning bolt on no, it. No, yours had the lightning bolt. Yeah, I mean, no, like, this one, this one, I mean, honestly, it's sort of tasteful, okay. I guess. But the fact that it's A, like, I got hit with the ad. Yeah, dude. B, called Manly Bands. Like, yeah. come on. That's and your then, style, and dude. then that it. <laughs> <laughs> and then that it's, I mean, that Fender is putting their strings or their old, I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, they're just I reaching into the, into I, the dumpster. I didn't want to get hit with the cookie, whatever it is. I didn't and click, click on the it? shop now. Yeah, uh, no, once you do, do that. Um, all right, well, I won't be buying that. I don't know. I, I hate to poop on it, but it just made me feel so uncomfortable that I had to bring it up to Manly you. Manly Bands. I, you know, uh, they're, hey, they're they're a new company. They're trying to expand, and it's pretty amazing that they actually got Fender because I didn't think they were that big of a company that they got Fender to partner with them. So yeah, that's you know, I don't know, okay. I don't know. Need, need that number. Need that number. All right. Well, I also have another screenshot in this here document of documents, and that is one that you sent me that you said you wanted to talk oh. about on this show that I haven't even properly read through. So I oh. wonder if maybe you could tell us what happened and we could talk yeah, about it on um, this show. So I've, I've got a screenshot that Dave sent me the other day from, it looks like guitars for sale yeah. on one of the Facebook many, one marketplace, of the many fa- perhaps. One of the many Facebook uh, groups I follow where people sell, buy and sell guitars. And uh, somebody got very upset. Usually it's just cool, you know, hey, I got this Les Paul for sale or something. And people are always like, Always like you know, cool, or they'll be like that price is way too high, um, which happens a lot. Do you want me to read the the post? Yeah, but please read the. Okay, anger. it says it was PSA. A <clears throat> PSA first of all is a way to start. This is almost always. This is almost all caps. Yes. Some of the for some some of the letters are not, but just assume all caps. PSA: If you've opened the box, it's not new in the box weird <laughs> emojis i can't tell like weird tongue sticking out or something yeah in fact lowercase now back to uppercase it's not even new <laughs> no jeez you purchased it yes three question marks that's a used guitar break the seal on the box yes three question marks yeah on planet earth we actually call that an quote opened unquote box another emoji tongue thing yeah dave ha ha on it yeah i, <laughs> I can see it. that you laugh um yeah i made it to about 
280 <laughs> comments and then got shut down. Oh, good. Which I, I sent you that because I knew it would get taken down. But I it, I did think it was an interesting... You know, if you get past the guy's, like, you know, fucking rage post where he's just, like, uh-huh. flipping the fuck out on his keyboard, um, it brought up an interesting topic. And, and you know, is... Now, you know, it. this guy, this gentleman, thinks that if a guitar was ever opened from the from the factory box that it is not considered a new in-box guitar. You know, this is actually, this is an interesting topic that I don't believe has ever come up on this show, and it's one that I have personally dealt with working for Chicago Music Exchange because you're right, this is a thing that some people, usually, frankly, the lesser experience, but somehow like older or think they know everything variety, believe this, this thing, that if someone else has ever touched the guitar, yeah. That it's no longer brand new. I'll tell you what, David and listening audience. <clears throat> Every single guitar that Chicago Music Exchange sells, they take it out of the box and they make sure that it's set up and do the make whole sure the thing. Fucking and headstock's not broken. The headstock's not broken, yeah. and 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 it like feels good to play when you buy it, so you don't return it. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, it's it, I the whole that I don't I don't know why you would even want a guitar on. Open from the factory. Yeah. Well, so here's the funny thing, you know, and I, I, I would just in, enjoyed the thread so much. So I kept refreshing and, and making sure that I was reading everyone's comments because it was great. And I think that what his point was initially was perhaps he purchased a guitar that somebody like kept the box for and then sold it in the box and I guess sold it as new in box. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. But then when people were like, well, what do you about a guitar from a guitar store? Like, let's let everybody uses Guitar Center as like a reference because mm-hmm. obviously they're everywhere. And they're like, well, even Guitar Center, like they'll they'll take it out and like at least look at it because yeah. it's an insurance thing. If you take out a guitar and you if you don't look to make sure it didn't get broken in shipping specifically, never mind the setup and all that stuff. But if you don't look at the, the guitar and then you sell it to somebody, they get it home. Now, whose fault is it that it was broken? Mm-hmm. You know, Guitar Center can't claim insurance on it. You're fucked UPS out. Yes, whoever shipped it, whoever or maybe the factory, whatever happened to it. So there there is a thing. And then on top of that, yeah, any any reputable guitar store should take it out of the box, do a nice setup on it, you know, at least, you know, check it out and make sure everything's, you know, level enough for playing quality. Um, he was very upset. And then he doubled down, you know, just just would not just refuse to agree with anybody and, and had a, you know, a real collapse right on the keyboard there. And, uh, you know, it got taken down. But I, I had I had a lot of fun reading it. But, you know, because we were thinking about like like cars. You know, like, and this is a dumb analogy because... Well, how many miles are in your car when you buy it? Well, well, think about a brand new car. Yeah, right. Very often, there are a thousand miles on a brand new car. Yeah, or, it feels like a hundred or so. Yeah, a few hundred. Yeah. You know, I think there is a, a, a point, and it depends on the type of car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's like a Porsche, it probably has to be lower than a certain number. If it's like a brand new yeah. Kia, then it could have like a couple thousand. Whatever. Point is, something can be sold as new until a certain point with mm-hmm. mileage um, in a guitar... My whole thing is I don't I just cannot understand I can understand buying a brand new guitar from a shop and I would hope that they set it up and and checked it out. Um, I can't understand one of Sweetwater's selling points is they have their you know yeah forties point inspection or whatever yes every guitar goes through right and check out the fret make sure the frets aren't hanging off and stuff and and that's kind of my whole thing was I don't understand unless. Unless you're just like this wacky like tech, you know, with like a you know, and you have to like do this all yourself. I don't understand why you would get upset about a guitar being open if you bought it brand new. That's just I don't understand. 
I can't wrap my head around. Yeah, unless, Larry, and to your point, unless there's some sort of very specific situation where, like, <clears throat> it had been sold specifically out of the ordinary as this guitar that had never been handled by human hands for some reason, right. even though it had been built by probably 20 people at a factory. Yeah. You know. And then you took it out of the box, so now you just fucked it up. I mean, I don't really understand. Is it, it's not a collectible. Did you wear gloves thing. when you took it out? Right. Those were white, you never going to take those it white out. Ones at the museum. Yeah, I I just don't understand the mentality of somebody who's like, I want this thing to have never been touched by another human being. You know, that's interesting. I have I have purchased some valuable Lego sets and video game sets that were never opened. That's, and and it sucks because it's like, well, I can just look at the box. But I would feel bad now being the person that has this thing that hasn't been open for like right. decades or whatever, being the first person to open it for no reason other than just to look at it when I could. And then instantly yeah. loses, you know, 80 percent of its value at that point. Yeah. And again, I think from a collectability standpoint or like an old G.I. Joe or some shit yeah. like that, like I can understand why but those, guitars are not like that. No, 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 no. I mean, it's especially even if you went to Guitar Center and they had a brand new Squire Strat hanging on the wall, you know, 339 or whatever it is. And you're like, all right, I'll take that. And they're like, well, I have a brand new one in the box in the back. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Bring that one out. I Maybe I don't want the one, the demo floor model. That's understandable. Either way, I want someone to set the thing up. Well, I would hope that when I get it out of the box, it's going to have a, you know, a nice setup and exactly. stuff. So um, I just thought it was a funny rant. I don't know if we've ever really talked about it. Obviously, I knew we would agree because we don't really give a shit if something's new or not. I actually prefer, prefer used guitars. Use, yeah. um, they're always a better deal. But I think this guy was trying to make some kind of roundabout point that it should be sold as used if anyone's ever touched it. And that was just that was just beyond my comprehension. That's wacky bonkers. But that's why the Internet is is so fun, man. And that's why you're so fun, because you bring those things to my attention because you look at the Facebook. I love it, dude. It's so fun. You know what I love? What? Dave's Dogs. What do you have for us today, Dave? Is this from the artist that we're about to talk about? Cypress Hill came out with a documentary. You're lying. They released it on 420. Are you a Cypress Hill fan? Look, I feel like fan would be a stretch of a term. Do you did you enjoy listening to Cypress Hill driving around in your car smoking weed when you were a kid? No. Oh. But that's because I didn't really smoke weed when I was young enough to like Cypress Hill. Also, I but I'll add that I saw them when I was maybe 16 years old at the United Center at some sort of Q and a one concert. So I, I do, I will, I, I have a frame of reference enough to get into a documentary about them. Excellent. Well, I didn't know much about them myself, although every it. time they would play a song, I would know the song. Um, you know, I definitely had friends. It, to me, Cypress Hill was always the music, you know, you could put on driving around smoking. I don't recommend it, but just if you were back in the, you know, in the olden days, people made mistakes at some driving points. around smoking weed um, or just sitting, you know, chilling in somebody's bedroom. That was you could just put that on and it would be fine. You know, it would be it would be great. You could turn it up and it would be at a party, mm-hmm. but you could just always have it on in the background. And I always respected that about this band. Hmm, that's a good point. Okay. All right. So they I had, know. so uh, they were from LA. What's the documentary called? David? Oh, I'm sorry. The documentary is called Cypress Hill insane in the brain. Oh, it's yes. on Showtime. Uh, so if, if any of y'all has got Showtime, it dropped on 420, which this was uh, two days. That ago. is wonderful. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, so uh, DJ mugs, be real and send dog were kind of like the main, the main dudes. Hmm. And then uh, they were the biggest selling Latin hip hop group of all time. Uh, so the movie wow. is about yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really fucking cool. And they opened the door for a lot of other Latin hip hop artists, which I thought was badass. Especially when later in their career they released an all Spanish album, 
and then people were like, oh, we don't even need to be like, you know, singing English to like for people, people to, still get to buy this. It. Yeah, yeah, it sold a ton of copies. So that was badass and it opened the door for a lot of things. But um, they really combine art, music, culture. I mean, if you think of and Cypress Hill weed. and weed, obviously. But if you think of them, do you, I see their logo immediately when I think of it. I just you think know? of a pot leaf. I think of the pot leaf. I think of the, um, you know, like the old English kind of writing. Oh, yeah, totally. It's super East Coast. Low, Where are they from? Lowrider. I mean, West Coast. They were from uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so they grew up listening to like, you know, they all met when they were teenagers. They would just party and smoke weed together, obviously. And uh, they grew up listening to like Ze- Ze- Zeppelin, Sabbath and The Doors. So they weren't even, you know, they were early on listening to heavy rock because mm-hmm. that's kind of all there was. And like, you know, early 70s. Well, their music like always had a lot of rock in it. Exactly. Well, we'll get to that because yeah. that was kind of badass. But, um, you know, then hip hop came along. They got super into it. Um, one of the guys who was from New York, the DJ Moved from New York, he met up with them, and then he's like, "Well, I have these turntables, you know, the Technics fucking twelve hundred or whatever." And he had those, and they would just sit around smoking weed, and like just he would just make beats and play with beats and mix records and mm. just fuck around. And then they were like, "Oh, we can kind of start rapping over this." Once they started here, like Sugar Hill Gang and all that kind of shit, you know, coming up. So this is still really early on. Um, so I just thought it was fucking badass. Um, I think this was interesting. So they went, they were like, all right, we're getting pretty good. We got like a demo, which I think they said something like they used, uh, they used like a mixer and then like a, a boom box. And then they ran the mixer into the boom box and they just wrapped over like a cassette tape into a hmm. mic and recorded it that way. So that was like their earliest demos. That's awesome. And they thought they were so good. They brought them to, um, what do you call it? You're that, that kids. You don't need any gear in the world. You don't just need get shit. Your boom box. Yeah. Out. Screw all that expensive stuff. Uh, your fancy plugins and everything. We, uh, they went to Def Jam. Plug into your boombox. They went to Def Jam in New York City, and uh, the guy was basically like, you guys need, like, a thing. Because, like, Public Enemy has a thing. You know, NWA is, like, the gangsters. LL Cool J is, like, he's, like, oh, kind of, like... this is where weed comes in? He's, like, the sweet guy, you know, like, the chicks love him. The Fat Boys had their thing. They're like, all right, we're going to be, like, the Cheech and Chong. Of yes. The and Cheech and Chong was in the dock, too, which is no fucking way. awesome. Those guys are still hanging out, man. It's oh, great. Oh, man. Um, so they get signed finally to this... Uh, a- record label god i can't talk today they get signed by this record label called rough house which was just an independent label um after they couldn't get picked up and honestly they just kind of fucking blew up overnight they were the song kill a man i could just kill a man uh, apparently that song is in the movie juice from 1992 yeah. oh man that's I pretty good to be real dude. Back. um i could just kill a man yeah, Ooh, they, they really had a unique, uh, like the whole, they talked about Be Real, like finding his voice and doing that kind of like, I'm that guy, you know, Dr. <laughs> Green Thumb. They talked about it. And he's like, I, yeah, like I came up with that and that was just my fucking thing to make us sound different wow. from everybody else. So I kind of respect does, that. It does, yeah. Um, and it's also the reason I just, I just, I don't think I've ever really taken it super seriously too. Yep. So, you know, that kind of like, it's because it is, it is a gimmick, I guess, but it works for them. Right. So they couldn't get on the radio because the bands at the time that were on the radio or like in their rap genre or whatever you want to call it was like MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice. Like they were like, yeah, of course, mm-hmm. they're not playing fucking Cypress Hill on the radio. Um, but then they got a gig doing Lollapalooza. And I think that's back when it was still a tour. Mm-hmm. So they're touring with literally like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, fucking Soundgarden. Like they're like hanging out with all those guys in the back. They become friends with all of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Probably because they're just smoking weed and being cool motherfuckers, you know, and they grew up listening to rock and they really kind of crossed genres with that, knowing that like they could just hang with anybody and they would be respected. Then they did a big Beastie Boys tour. That was huge. They meet yeah. this guy named Bobo who becomes their drummer. Bobo. Yeah. He's actually this like his dad was one of the most famous Latin um, drummer percussionists ever in like jazz music. No way. Like Miles Davis and like all these huge names. This kid started playing when he was five years old. 
he was playing with the Beastie Boys and they're like, no, you're coming with us. So he was kind of splitting duties, going back and forth. And then like on stage at like Woodstock, I think, or something, Woodstock 94, uh-huh. they were, he went to go play with them and he just left Beastie Boys a note like under their hotel door, like I'm going to play this gig with Cypress Hill. And on stage, Cypress Hill was like, this is our new drummer. Like he was on the Beastie Boys, but now he's with us. Like <laughs> fuck that. And that was just kind of how he joined the band. And I don't think they wow. ever really talked about Public them. Public declaration right there. Yeah, they really fucking just did it. So uh, tons of awesome footage. I'm trying to think. There were some pretty fucking cool things, man. They, You know, they used to do like fun things on stage. And I don't know if they did this when you saw them. But uh, they would have like... Smoke a giant bong? Well, I mean, they said there was never a show where they didn't smoke weed on stage ever. Then they got to do Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live was like, don't fucking smoke weed on stage. Yeah. And they told them like 10 times. So they did the first, you know, performance, whatever. And then, you know, how they do that second performance, like at the end of the show. And then the guy came back, you know, the PR guy or whatever. He's like, don't fucking smoke. Like whatever you do, you can't smoke. It's going to be this huge deal. He's like, fuck that. We're punk rock, dude. And of course, Be Real just lights up like right when the song starts. So it's probably, I'm sure the footage is still out there. But But I I guarantee they've been banned. Oh, dude, in 1994, like that was such a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, They're accredited to really getting like a lot of the legalization stuff, you know, moving and all that. No way. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It it was really passe when they started. I mean, bringing it it into the into the public consciousness. Yeah. yeah, If you think of like NWA and stuff, I mean, they have songs where they talk about like we don't fucking smoke weed and like fuck all that and like. You know, we, we that's bad for your brain and shit. Like they were like, no, it's actually like a healing medicine. Like that's the way they looked at mm-hmm. it. You know, they they were partiers, obviously, but like they looked at it as more of a a lifestyle than anything else. So I thought it was fucking cool. Then they got the uh, so then there was a band you might remember this from your new metal days because I know you had big. I, new metal I, I didn't. I didn't hate it. SX10. No, that was the group that Sendog he left. So he kind of fucked him over. Like they're in the middle of tour and Sendog, he was like the hype man. He wasn't like, you know, it was be real and Sendog were like the two main mm-hmm. guys and be real. He would do all the lyrics and Sendog would just kind of hype everything up and like, you know, he, but he was one of the guys mm-hmm. and he just got sick of touring. He totally burned out and was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. He starts trashing hotel, hotel rooms by himself and dressing rooms and shit. And then he would just not show up for flights. Oh, man. And they're like, all right. And so, like, they have a lot of footage of them being on stage being like, yeah, well, Sen's not here. Like, but he's still part of the family. Like, we love him to death. Whatever decision he wants to make, he's always welcome to come back. And, like, they had this really, like, kind of hippie, like, peaceful, like, hmm. approach to it. Not, like, fuck him and all that stuff. So, that was interesting. But the, he started uh, SX10, which was a band. And I got a little gear spotting. Did they have any hits? I, I didn't know. Like, any songs that you'd heard before? Uh, I don't know. It was, I couldn't I couldn't name it. It, w- it was ripping when they played a clip from it. Uh-huh. I was like, that's pretty pretty good all right but they're doing a venue that looks like empty bottle or something like it's not you know they go from you know he's playing stadiums to being like touring Lollapalooza but you know he needed his break and I get that um so check this out do you remember do you want to be a rock superstar make moves yeah yeah yeah. big house a lot of video games totally um that was on a double album that they did that was called uh Skull and Bones and it was a rap rock record they wanted one cd to be rap one CD oh to be rap. no way yeah so which like, one was that rock yeah that was on the rock side uh-huh. for sure and actually it was supposed to be on the rap side and then he's like change the word from rap to rock do and you want to be a rap superstar or yeah, a rock superstar rock oh. superstar is a way better lyric so they end up using that they join back up oh and this is uh sen rejoins the group at this point so uh-huh. he's back he's like i missed you guys we missed you too all that fun stuff uh, they they get this is the cool part they get those guys in SX10 who I think were like just nobodies uh-huh. they're like you're gonna tour with Cypress Hill now we're going on tour with Limp Bizkit and we're gonna do we're gonna have guitars and bass and like fucking oh you said there was gear but or there was gear sighting I cut you oh, off oh yeah um well not nothing crazy but like Les Paul burst I saw you mm. know probably a you know 90s one if I had to that's guess tuned down 
you know it. And then you know there was a Warwick five string bass, yes. of course. So uh, did anyone play like anything else in the nineties? Yeah, I know, right? It was and it was like new metal, like late nineties, you know, early two thousands. This is kind of cool. One last thing I thought was neat, and this was kind of towards the end. They did um, they toured the Limp Bizkit, but I forgot about this. They did the Napster Presents tour. So when hmm. Napster got big in like you know ninety nine two thousand when they first came out, okay. they had this whole thing where like, all right, we're giving music away now. Let's give shows away. So this whole tour, I'm sure they got paid somehow, but like the tickets were free. No way. Yeah, and there's a scene, and it's in Chicago. I think it looks like Metro or something because he's like, "What's up, Chicago?" They had they had no security. They didn't want to pay anybody to like do anything at these shows. They wanted to just be what? like, "This is the most like real like organic show ever." And you just show up in line and the kids would wait for days. So, and this is kind of cool too. They'd go and like buy pizza and like bring it out. Kind of like when you were waiting for the Metallica. Oh, for Metallica. And it was like, you know, cause they're like, dude, we're just happy you guys like came out. Like this is awesome. So they had people like, and they were meeting them themselves, you know, like they showed like Fred Durst walking around, like signing autographs and being cool with people. It was, it was a pretty cool wow. thing. It's like, wow, time was so different then, but there was no security, but they had this like 20 foot like fence in front of the stage almost like that uh that wrestling match with the cage match thing. or uh what's that uh what's that roadhouse you ever seen yeah that? but like not the, the band not the or, wimpy or, or, chicken or blues wire. blues brothers, yeah, blues brothers. Yeah. and they're like they're, they're dodging Dodge, the beer bottles yeah, yeah the, but this is like you couldn't climb over this thing it was way <laughs> up there dude so that was what was on the stage and they just did this show and they were total chaos they showed some but it wasn't like you know really riots or anything it was just kind of like place didn't burn down it's still there it fucking didn't and uh Ooh. so they they were rocking Got and a big old lightning bolt. I, I thought that was fucking cool. And uh, last thing I'll say is they were the first hip hop group ever to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And I thought that was really interesting. Wow. Too. Did not know that. Wonderful, wonderful little nugget there. Big fucking band. Close it out. I had no idea. I mean, I knew they were big and I knew they probably did festivals and I knew, you uh -huh. know, all up and stuff. Did they, but did they, did they do okay now? Are they still all t around and, and like, did, you know, none of them, none of them like get lost all their money or anything? No. Like that? And, yeah, no, it never really got like that. Like the biggest drama of it was when Sendog left and, uh -huh. you know, they kind of had to just keep going without him. Um, but no, it was really more of like a pretty smooth landing on the whole thing. Hmm. And it kind of ended with them doing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame star and everything like that, which was cool footage. But um, I thought it was fucking awesome, Doc. I think if I was a bigger Cypress Hill fan, I would have been like insane for it. Insane in the brain, probably. How many brains are you insane <laughs> on this documentary? Well, I, you know, for me... I gave it seven out of ten bongs. Oh, I thought it was a little slow, and you know me, dude. I like some drama in my in my docs. Give me a little something, I like, something. And like you know, all respect to all the artists out there, but like I like a little overdose. Weed doesn't lead to a lot of. It's really, really like they were so nice. Like, even when like the guy quit, and he's like, "It's fine, man. Whatever. If he doesn't want to be in the group anymore, <laughs> and they didn't try to replace him, it was there. Was Wait, no Sen left. Right. There was like there was that drama, and then you thought with like the Beastie Boys, like them taking the drummer, like you thought that would be a thing, yeah. but. They didn't like seem. They didn't ever like touch back on it. So you're like, all right, that just was that turned fine. out okay. Bobo's kicking it. Still. So seven out of ten bongs for me. Probably a nine out of ten if you're a big fan, though. I mm -hmm. mean, tons of backstage footage. Yeah. Tons of like onstage footage. So really fucking good. Definitely worth watching. Showtime, Cypress Hill, Insane in the Brain. Check it out. Smoke some weed. Dave's Docs. Also, it. how do people like function smoking that much weed? Well, I think it's tolerance at that point. It's like, you know, you, you just have to, to get to that same level. You have to just increase the like the, the volume. Like Be Real, for instance. And I know he has like a podcast now where they smoke out an old car. Do you know about those? No. He has a podcast where he'll have a guest on and they're sitting in like an old like lowrider. Well, hot box it. They hot box the fuck out of this car and like 
they just get the guest like completely obliterated high yeah. and just talk about whatever. I don't know. Um, there's a there's a Doug Benson podcast that he's been doing that. Oh, get, getting, getting getting Doug with high. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. He's yeah, exactly. So he he has that kind of tolerance where you're like you you're just always from the second you wake up to the minute you go to bed mm-hmm. high. I and told you I smoked weed with Doug Benson once. Did you really? Yeah. I don't know before one of before Douglas movies. That's pretty cool. He was out front, and I had sort of met Did one you of go the to guests a before. Show of his or something? It was Douglas movies. Oh, oh, it was. It was a taping of it, and uh, like one of the guests was a dude that I'd sort of like. I don't. I can't remember the time. Like we, I know him now, but I can't remember if I'd met him before or after. But anyway, he's a Chicago comedian, and he was like, "Hey, come smoke weed." Like we, me and Stingray. He's like, "Hey, come smoke weed with us." Wow. And we, like me, him, and Jeff Tate. Uh, and Doug didn't really say all that much. He was yeah. kind of like had sunglasses on and yeah. fed up. But yeah, they were cool. it, was, it was cool. That's really cool. I got stoned, and then we went and they're like, "Well, guess it's time to do the show." And then me and Stingray was like walked inside to watch the show, and they just like went on stage and did yeah. the show. And it was like, and then you guys were sufficiently baked for the very entire perfectly stoned. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing, man. You know, I I have a very sensitive thing to weed, where I'm like, if I smoke one little one hitter at practice, I am out of my mind high. Mm-hmm. It works for some people, um, but this they, they would perform and like. He would have like he would have a blunt the entire show. Be real, I'm talking about yeah. entire show in his hand, and then they'd bring out like Excalibur, and it was like a six foot bong. Exactly, and they would all do rips off of it. And I'm just like, God, like I would I would have a panic attack and like throw up, dude. Like it's just it's not. It my would probably thing. Be, for him. It would probably be super weird to not yeah to be that stoned or yeah. like to be smoking at all times. I mean, whatever. there's no way he's even stoned anymore. It's just you're just you just are. You're just be real. Yeah, so uh, pretty good doc, though. I definitely, lots of cool footage. Check it out. Good I, job. I enjoyed it. Let's talk some future gear. Okay. What do you think? How do you feel about some I gear? I think we should. Should we just, should we just talk about just kitty, dive kitty into cats? Because so, so my cat, it, folks, is freaking out right now. And I don't know if it's because it's dark out or because it's storming and there's lightning. I don't know what's going it's a on. Little, it's she's, a little, and, you know, for people who don't know, you know, I think some people know, we've been, we changed our time that we're yeah. doing this now. We used to do it early in, in the day and now it's, you know, around five o'clock. She she gets really she gets really excited around this time. She gets really hungry. Well, it's, well, that's the thing is we we actually started quite early today because well, yeah, of a couple Earth hours day. early today. Got to got to shut Earth off day. the work computer so you can turn on the personal computer. <laughs> and uh, she so I think she I think that might be confusing her too because she doesn't normally. I mean, seven o'clock is the time for her. Right. So. She, now she's doing the thing where she fucks with my records and starts to chew on the plastic because she knows it drives me absolutely bonkers. Yep. And cats love plastic. What do we got today? Future we gear. got some stuff. We got a bunch of stuff. Let's see what we make it through here. So first of all, this is this. I feel like I want to talk about this first because it's kind of a big deal in terms of mm, location of manufacture mm. and that Orange oh, yeah. has announced a new signature amp from Marcus King called the MK Ultra, which is sort of a funny little wink yeah. and nod. Uh, the MK Ultra signature amp creating in conjunction with Guitar Phenomenon and Grammy Award nominated. Didn't realize dude had been yeah i didn't know he had a grammy he's fantastic nominated not winning okay uh but this is the first orange amp to be collectively designed and built with orange usa yeah so this is an orange full fat tube amplifier made in america made made in the old us of a it has a custom haybauer transformer actually both both tra- trainees, a pair of 12 AX7 preamp tubes, and then, which is, I believe, a first for Orange, a duo of 6L6s. I don't think that there's ever been an Orange head that's had that kind 6L6 of, power section before. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's, I mean, typically looked at as an American footprint. So right. it's like, it's 
It's an, um, it truly is in all ways an American orange, which is so strange. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, it sounded amazing. Obviously, that guy's an insane. You watched the demo. So he does a five-minute demo, uh-huh. and he talks about the specs on it, but then he's just playing, like they're playing him in the background, like just jamming. Just ripping. On a vintage SG, like just like no big deal. He's such a good guitar player. I mean, it was a yeah. joy to listen to. But of course, anything that guy, he can play out of a you know crate, and it's going to sound amazing. Mm. Shout out to Crate. Shout out Crate. Um, but I thought it was, yeah, I did not know this was the first USM, and I couldn't yeah. find any more information about their factory or where they no, built it. No, I don't it. know. I don't know. Did any they the build deal. it in I a shop? I think it's something about Georgia, but that's the closest I got. I found a mailing address for Georgia, and they have an office in Georgia. Where I, but I think that mm. might just be for like merch and stuff. Like if you, you know, if you live in the U.S. or they might keep like, um, I heard something about they keep cabs there. Uh, okay. They might manufacture cabinets there. And if if you, I don't know. I don't know anything about this, dude. I I I scoured through three pages of Google, which is way too much Google. For anybody, if you mm. know, you know, if you don't find it on the first page, so maybe maybe second page. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Um, I could find nothing about it. So if anyone else knows where Orange USA is, uh, I think it's kind of badass, man. To be honest. Well, it's only three knobs. Got to mention that. Yeah, I do like the knob, the faceplate configuration. It's really cool. And they and it, and they did the picks thing, which Orange is known for, of course. But then they still put little labels over. Yes. So, you know, the, there's a main, the big knob is a volume knob, mm-hmm. and it's, it's this amp is only thirty watts. Cause it's it's a power, it's a pair of six L sixes. You can yeah. you know sometimes do that up to fifty watts or so, but rated at thirty watts. And the other two knobs, I believe, are called Sing, which is a tr- essentially a treble control, and then Deep. Which is kind of a bass control, but then they 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 are very insistent on that that you don't treat them sort of like normal treble and bass controls. I believe even with the deep, it's sort of like you get the volume in in the in the sing set mm-hmm. to taste, and like with the deep set to zero, and then at, at the end, like then you bring the deep in yeah. to sort of get a little girth and a little <clears throat> gristle on the bottom. Yeah, it made it sound like for his explanation, what he was going for was he wanted a lot of like um, trebly game specifically, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can dial in the bass. Bring in the bass. So probably sound terrible as a bass amp, Thickness. but who knows? Maybe yeah, I don't know cool. if it would work for that, but did you see how expensive it is? I did not. It's not cheap. I bet it's three grand. Thirty-two ninety-nine. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're going to buy a brand new orange in the box. Um, no, dude. T- <laughs> leave it in the, take it out of the box. <laughs> Please. Uh, amps are a little different, I guess, but you still, I mean, I, I would want know. the shop to test it. Yeah. Know. I mean, I know that any, any, any amp maker worth their salt has done some stress testing where they left the amp burning in for a certain yeah. amount of time a week or whatever. Um, Either way. Either off, way. Getting off subject here. No, but, but that's, I mean, I think, well, what are, what are some of the other, um, not the overseas, but what, like the UK ones are, are like, they're around like the twenty-five to three thousand range. I yeah, think. I mean it depends on what depends you're on the wattage. At, but yeah, something you're right. Yeah, somewhere in there. So you know, uh, a little bit, a little bit of a premium for the first American, especially for a thirty-watt amp too. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. And it's just a head, not a combo. Yeah, it's should just make a head. Sure that's clear. Yeah, we should be clear on that. Um, anyways, I mean the demo was phenomenal. If you get a chance, watch it. It's mm-hmm. you know he's such a good player. He's so like he's just a charming dude. He was like I think he started playing when he was like fourteen, like in bars. Yeah, like they'd sneak him into bars and let him go up on stage and shit. Like, oh, yeah. pretty cool stuff. So I, I'm a big fan of Marcus King, but uh. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's it sounds like a good rocking amp, man. It has a really nice, really nice crispy tone on it. So you've got a nice crispy tone in your voice when you talk about <laughs> That's that. That's this uh, RE20 here. It is. It's also your gullet. And <laughs> listen to this. Did you hear about another signature that came out Maybe. from our friends at Gibson? Ooh, with a four-string I bottom sure end boy. Sure oh did. God, I'm so glad because folks, Gene Simmons has he, a signature Thunderbird bass. He's back, baby. It's called the G squared. 
literally is G with a little little the two. two and 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 even in because I read the I get these press releases and I read the official press release and it is spelled out pronounced G squared just oh. so just so we don't mess it up. Uh, the it's a they've got it. Why does why does Gene Simmons have a new Kiss th- Thunderbird? I never knew he had anything to do with. I think this is a Gibson. new thing. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't find. I mean, correct us if we're wrong, folks. I'm sure that I'm not. I'm no. I'm no member of the Kiss Army, but I don't believe I've ever seen. He's always played the weird freaking uh, the axe, axe base and like the widow base. And I think he might have played a grabber at one point. A Gibson oh, death, grabber. a grabber. Yeah, I think he played a Gibson grabber at Could one point. Could even have been a ripper. But he's not like a lifelong. My, I think it might have been a ripper. Yeah, it was, it was one of those. You know, with that body shape. But uh, I, I, I never thought of him as like this lifelong Gibson kind of artist i so it's just and it honestly it's pretty much it's a pretty standard thunderbird i mean it's got a graph tech nut with hip shot tuners hip shot bridge um is there anything specific it's got a black black chrome hardware uh which is your least favorite Mm -hmm. Uh, a mirror plex truss rod cover with a mirror plex pick guard my second and a laser engraved custom gene simmons logo it's uh do they have a retail price i do what do you think it is I'm not gonna go too crazy. I'm gonna say twenty four ninety nine. Dude, you're so good at this. Twenty seven ninety nine. You're, right. so you're just a little undercutting today, just yeah. like a scotch. Uh, but yeah, twenty. Honestly, for what that is, I I mean, I I don't believe that it's custom shop though. No, I think it's just a standard production USA model. standard. Yeah, um, and it's just like it's, it's, it's not limited. A pair of Thunderbird pickups. You know, I think it's got an ebony fretboard. I don't think those typically have ebony, do they? And it's got mm. like a, a fancy sort of split diamond kind of inlay deal the but it's d- yeah still, the inlays it's a flashy. it's a pretty much a standard thunderbird with a little bit of extra flash with the mirror guard and whatnot um i look i, I it's not my tastes i don't <laughs> i just wonder how many of those they're really gonna sell you know how many kiss army members are still out there hankering for a new three thousand dollar gibson base now let me just jump ahead a little bit. Does this mean there might be a Kiss you tour know, coming, dude? They're gonna do so much Kiss shit. They're gonna do so. Paul, they're, every member of that band, even the whatever drummer is using Peter Chris's makeup, is going to have <laughs> a signature Gibson at this point. There, I mean, what's this Tommy Thayer? He already has a signature Epiphone. Okay. The guitar player. Uh, I I don't think Paul. I, I can't remember where Paul Stanley is these days. He he's, was a, he's jumped around all the Washburn likes in the world. Yeah, but he was a, he was a Les Paul and uh, he played a V, maybe. I could I, the give the Ibanez Iceman. I picture yeah, a lot. I'm thinking like 70s Kiss. Yeah, I don't. I guess modern Kiss. I don't know shit about what they do. Nor should you. So that's all right. That's about all good job, Gene. That. Here's another hundred million dollars for you. I got. We don't need to spend too much time on this one because Gibson releases a lot of signature instruments. But I wanted to ask: Have you ever heard of someone named uh, Sergio Valen? It sounds familiar. He's a four-time Grammy, eight-time Latin Grammy winning, 19-time Billboard Latin Music Award winning lead guitarist global Ooh, superstar. Ooh, is this the gold top? Yes. I saw this last week. Yes. Yeah. From the influential rock band Mania. Uh, he's got a key as a custom shop version of a 1955 gold top. That looks sick. So sick. Because it it's got the humbucky in it. It's got a humbucky in the bridge. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it does all the you know the fifty five e type things. It's got a Bigsby B seven on there with custom aging from the Murphy Lab, a P ninety in the neck and a cu- bridge custom bucker, giving it the most excellent sonic versatility. Mm-hmm. That guitar is a delight. Does that have the trapeze tailpiece on it? It was a Bigsby. Oh, Bigsby, right? B seven, correct. 
What do you think that one's going to go for? I oh love boy. this whole game. I mean, uh, Murphy Lab, Custom Shop, it's got to be... I'm gonna lowball it at twenty grand. Oh, that you 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 shot way over. Come back into the four figure range. Really? Yeah. Ooh, uh, eight thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Seven thousand nine hundred ninety nine really? dollars. Yeah, I know. I thought the Murphy Labs were like an instant ten thousand dollar. Not time. always. No, okay. no. The, the, a lot of the Murphy Lab stuff in that I that I saw at CME, um, you know, like the sgs and the, mm-hmm. some of the less pauls those are more they start in like the 45 okay i think but then yeah they get up into six and, and you know what is interesting? and then this is because it's like a signature is a little step up from that. right and you know what is interesting i've found just between the 50s and 60s les pauls it seems like the 50s are a little more affordable than the 60s models stuff even if it's a reissue stuff well less i mean they stopped making less paul in 61 you know so it's like not until and they started making it again in 1968 which is like one of the sort of 68's a year that you want but yeah that's the thing like yeah there they just there there aren't many 60s right less pauls yeah like well like or i guess maybe like the 59 reissue mm-hmm. you know versus like a 52 like the humbuckers versus well yeah like because the, the throughout those years they've made they figured the guitar out the, yeah. like i've played a bunch i've played a handful of 52s 53s. i've heard there's I've played a bunch of those. not they're great. not fun to play because especially the the first ones which i've gotten to play they have it's a wrap under tailpiece right so you can't palm mute the guitars you, they just like <laughs> it's don't too work. far yeah. it's like it's the it's like on upside down it's, it's it was like a they yeah, just didn't know it yet yeah how to do it and then they and then they figured it out quickly it's a cool uh it man i, I mean but the, I, yeah for sure it's a tasty looking looking treat though i gotta say it is a tasty um, looking treat it's a 50 55 but at this point when gibson makes a 55 quote unquote they're, they're adding in a lot of the like 59 tight like the just neck to make it a better to, guitar exactly so I, that's one that if i were to be gifted like you know what hank listen yeah you can just have any rando signature guitar from the Murphy Lab. What are you going to take? That could, like, That'd I mean, honestly, dude, that, that would be tough to, that or one of those, I mean, honestly, the ones that we talked about, those Scala Flying yeah. Vs, just because I don't have a Flying V. You but. sent me, uh, didn't you send me the price of one of those dude, the other like $75,000. <laughs> Maybe that's why I went way up to like $30,000 exactly. with the uh, yeah. 20000 No, this thing. isn't from the Master Autism Oh, And that was the me. serif where that was the, you know, the special art artist version. I don't know what the, the sort of lesser, those are probably in the 20s or so, I would okay. imagine. But the, I, that, that was, you know, the, the pinnacle of the pinnacle was $75,000, yeah. which means someone's going to buy it and then that's gonna, they're going to ask more for it, you know, eventually. If they don't take it out I of I hope the they just release an NFT of it because then I can have it forever. You can stare at it. Oh, there's so much gear, but what there's else something else I want to talk about too. So, okay, let's. Would you rather talk about? Would you rather talk? This is. Oh. Would you rather talk about a mixer, a very f- futuristic, truly futuristic, perhaps the most futuristic mixer I've seen, or a new theremin? Let's go mixer. Okay. I, yeah, let's. let's shout out to our studio buds has announced and I believe released their TX6 mixer. You might know Teenage Engineering. They make a bunch of stuff, a uh, little like micro synthy stuff, but that just do like the, the OP1 is the, what they're most famous for. It's kind of an all-in-one recorder, synthesizer, has a little keyboard on there. It's kind of cute looking. It looks like it has a little tape deck on it. I'm sure you've seen it. Mm-hmm. But they have made <clears throat> the TX6 mixer. First of all, the first thing you have to mention is that it's freaking tiny. It's, I think, probably smaller than my hand oh i think but includes a lot of stuff first of all six stereo inputs so that's technically 12 
That's crazy. Inputs. Uh, two outputs, a headphone jack, and Bluetooth. So, but beyond that, that's just like f- physical stuff. Right. It also on the front has sliders it has faders for all the channels oh, it has like physical fl- physical faders. it has knobs for like the eq oh, it's just a cute little thing it's just a cute little thing and it also has a tuner built into it along with a synthesizer digital effects that two can run at the same time a drum machine <clears throat> and a sequencer whoa and it can connect to your computer or your phone and record as a full interface as well so it's not only a mixer but it's also a digital interface shut up dude. yeah dude that's awesome 32 bit 48 kilohertz i was because like while you were explaining it i was like all right if you had this like how would you use it and then you're like oh you can just plug directly into it and, and portable well obviously. battery powered oh battery powered mm. oh shit yes what yes wow pretty crazy I kind of love that. You man. can control it over USB-C with uh, external MIDI devices or your freaking iOS. Like you can, it's it's to me, it's it, like you can plug straight into lightning port on your like iPad or iPhone. And it's like the ultimate iPhone mixer as far as I'm concerned, let alone all the computer and just like regular mixer stuff that yeah. it does. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, it's got to eat, dude, it even has the cutest little, dis- it has a screen, it has a display. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's obviously tiny. It's 48 by 64 monochrome, but it's got, it's telling, it's teenage engineering claims eight hours of battery life. That's a big one. I was going to say like, man, what a great thing. You can even use it as a DJ mixer. Just like turn it sideways. And it's, it just, uh, it's just, um, quarter inch inputs, not XLR. No, they're actually special slimline and it comes with the little adapters, but they're slimline, like little headphone size to, so they could actually fit that many things in the front right that makes but sense. but then it, like it comes with like you know the, the little, little little adapters yeah and okay you need for that sort of but thing. it's not they don't have xlr Mm-mm. okay Oh, i mean you could easily adapt that should you oh yeah need to just send microphones in there right uh i kind of love it now we'll, i want to get to price uh but i have two thoughts mm. i don't know much about this company yes um so i'm gonna say it's either it's either like really cheap and it mm-hmm. might not sound that great or it's really expensive and it's like a high piece of quality. So game. Teenage Engineering makes, this is actually an interesting one. They're, they're like, a, they make a handful of things right now, but they're most famous, like I said, for this OP one. And originally that came out and they stopped making it. And it was originally, I think it was like, I want to say 800 bucks. Okay. And then it was, it, immediately skyrocketed and on reverb and everywhere and got a lot more expensive and then they started making it again for like i think it's like 1200 bucks right well they're like oh people want this we have to bring it yeah i got it so that but that was maybe it's even more than that but it's it's it that's that's like an all-in-one synth recorder does all sorts of crazy shit it has little keys on it and this one like i said has like bluetooth it does some sort of i think it's like they call it like B-Fi, like Bluetooth, Wi-Fi kind of thing where you can't, like don't even have to have a physical connection to be able to, I don't know. It does a lot of cool, pretty cool stuff that like I don't need a tiny little baby mixer, but I still I want it. Yeah, I do too. So now that you, okay, now that we got that all on the table, what's your, what's what's my, your, your price what's guess? What's my guess? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, this has been a fun. I, I get to guess. It. I know. I love it. I feel like I'm on the prices right yeah. over here. One dollar, Bob. Uh, let's do... Seven ninety nine. That's a, I like that guess. Eleven ninety nine. Okay. I should add, it's very, very well constructed. It looks like it's made it's out of metal. Got some mass to it. Uh, you know, some sort of aluminum case. It's not like plastic and whatnot. Yeah, uh, it sounds great. Is it? Is it out? Can we? Get I one? did. I did find it on the site. I didn't see if you could buy it, but it seems like, like it was pre order or something too. like that. Yeah. 
Um, it's I love the idea it's of like a freaking tuner built in. Like every mixer should have a tuner built into it. You know, that's like something that like you that. really never see. Uh uh-uh. Yeah. Or or I mean, but it, li- it literally also has a synthesizer built into it. Well, that's and something it has you definitely drums, never see. And it has the drum machine thing is crazy. A sequencer, like it does a lot of. A lot of it. What's the control for the synthesizer? Do you have to bring an external like keyboard or something? Like yeah, that? it's all you just, any MIDI. Okay, so any MIDI would probably mm-hmm. do it. or so or cool. your you know your computer or whatever right. you have set up. Um, I kind of fucking love it, man. Mm-hmm. God, we are in the world of like portable devices right now. Like it's just it it just keeps going. It makes you want to just create a little portable device just for the shits and gigs of it. It makes me definitely want to just like get a hotel room just so I can see how much I can record in one night. That's a cool idea. Like in yeah. a weekend, just be like get a stand, hotel room, like a local for the hotel weekend, room, and see just how much we can, how much like portable gear we can make. A, yeah, make and just a, everything a has record. to be like smaller than you. I would. think I remember there being like some. What, I don't remember what it was for, but there was there was a commercial for one some sort of portable something or other yeah. that did that sort of served within that conceit. Because I could see people using these, man, for sure. Like people who are on the road all the time. Oh, there's going to be tour a lot bus, of demand for this. Writing stuff, yeah, it's freaking awesome. Okay, we've got one more thing to talk about today, if, and this is something that I don't really have any answers. I just mostly have questions. I think I like that. sort of like the Orange Amp Saga, but a little bit more close to home, I might say, but also. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it because I I'm starting to think that Digitech, aka former DOD, and, and I am the sort of former but always forever Dodfather. Yeah, I think Digitech is kind of a ghost brand now. Like what? Like they're just kind of gone. Okay, so I've seen a couple of videos pop up about this and and a couple articles and such, and then I've done my own investigation around. And let me step take a step back by saying for those who don't know Digitech very well. Whammy pedals. I mean, whammy are just like that's a big one. They're yeah. still around. You know, that's like the thing. People still use whammies for over thirty years. Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, but okay, first of all, I, I knew this that Harman, the uh, you know sort of like audio gear conglomerate, owned Digitech. Harman has removed the brand from the website. Ooh, there's no mention of Digitech on know. the Harman site anymore. I've read tail on, I believe, the gear page somewhere else that. Uh, folks who have ordered direct consumers like you and me have who have ordered direct because you could always buy pedals directly from Digitech who have ordered direct have had their orders canceled. Uh, if it, also I'll add that JBL Crown and AKG uh, are also nothing comes up when you search those either on the site. JBL? Uh huh. They're also part of that whole thing or were. But they're still a company. For I, sure. I don't know, but they I, don't I come up when I was looking. I bought some JBL Bluetooth headphones like six months ago yeah i mean i hope they're still around right got, well like, got i mean my damn here's the thing that like first of all also okay so i went to digi- <clears throat> i went to digitech.com mm-hmm. they've still got like the site is there but no product nothing used to be like per page used to be like buy and now you yeah. can't buy anything anymore. right I, I read a forum post somewhere saying oh yeah you can still buy these two and then i went to those and even those are gone now yeah uh and of course you know no dod either um, I, I looked it up. It was March 2017. Samsung bought Harman. Oh, so the company that yeah. had owned them and the, uh, the Digitech team was immediately laid off and all production moved to Korea because they, you know, had historically been a sort of an American brand. Then I don't know where it had landed in between. Um, but then I've also read. So it's to me that kind of sounds like Dunzo. Yeah. But then I've also read that Sweetwater, uh, one of the it was some one of the one of the forums, some, someone from Sweetwater piped in saying that they on their site still are projected to get more Digitech product, but only very limited. And it's just like, 
a, like a whammy and a couple other things are the only things available. Hmm. I looked on Zounds as well, and they still have a couple things. Just it is like funny because yeah, like they had like such a such a legendary whammy. Is there going to be a is there going to be a, a, a gold rush on whammies? Uh, there's going to gonna be. A, it could be a gold rush on Digitech. Have you heard anything about this? Do you know anything? Have you heard any any tale? Not about Digitech. No. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking. It makes me kind of sad because my first pedals were Digitech. I had a Digitech uh, BP200, like the multi effects. Oh pedal yeah, that the two sort of purple, and it had the it had the expression pedal. It had, on a, it. had the little. It was sort of purple. Yeah, the yeah. bluish purple. And then um, I sold that, and then I also had at the same time the Digitech bass synthesizer pedal which i think i told you like a few months ago i saw i see him pop up mm-hmm. on reverb used for like 250 bucks now yeah and i paid 75 bucks for that thing and you know probably i think i returned it or traded and it. and they probably even got cheaper for, than that from for, for a point and it, of honestly time. like, I'm like if no oh one it didn't wants this well thing. it didn't really work like sometimes you <clears> click <throat> the thing and it just wouldn't engage oh you had that one not just the, so not the the little green one. Oh yes yeah dude, totally and it would just like not work sometimes so in the middle of the show you'd be like oh this just didn't kick which on. is frankly probably for the best that's with, that's a huge but. problem now um i wonder if they're maybe they're rebranding maybe they're i don't know we have a lot of questions. You have a sad look at your I'm a, I love those. I yeah. love those. That, like the, I love DoD pedals. Yeah. I obviously love those. I have. Do a you have whammy. any Digitech? I have a whammy on my board. Whammy. Yeah. Right. That's right. But that's it. That's the only Digitech I own currently. I've had a bunch of stuff throughout the. I years. mean, I never thought of them as like a great. Like even you know even the DoD like overdrives and stuff. I've thought sounded better than like the Digitech stuff I ever heard. Dude, there are some also. I like the Digitech Hardwire series, which I think sound good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those have gotten very expensive, which is like shocking the, to me. Kind of punk rock looking ones? Like no, like no. Rock? Those are like the more recent ones. They were like very well constructed, mm. like heavy, yeah. all metal constructed construction. They all look the same. They had probably like, I think they pretty much all had four knobs on yeah. them. Uh, they're just like very well made pedals. And I always thought they were really good and they've gotten absurdly expensive. It's kind of shocking. Maybe we are going to see a... A real run thing. on the whammies. You start buying those Digitechs up. Dan Liu, former guest and one of our good friends of the show, just Digitech. told me he he just bought a whammy for the first time. Oh, and he bought a be- Digitech because he knew that you know that this was a thing that might be happening. That's uh, that kind of makes me sad. Isn't man. that weird? Yeah. Um, what happened? What did happen? Orange I mean, is built, starting to build here, and Digitech is gone. The it's whole gone. It's gone. They're, they're they're gone. Done. Were they uh were they an overseas company? Digitech. I, I mean, I'm sure at some point when things had, yeah. had moved, but like the, you know, they came out of DoD, which was like the famously American pedal brand, right? right? So, uh, yeah, but I, w- I would have to have imagined, have to imagine that at some point, you know, they all were yeah. in China or something. Yeah, that's interesting, man. I um, I wonder what maybe they put all their eggs in that basket with that last series you were talking about. And we're like, hey, we're gonna. I don't know. Well, these are a better constructed pedal. Maybe they were made locally. Well, they made more stuff after that. There was that like rubber neck delay that people like, and there's they made they made a few things out, and they you know they did they did some reissued DOD stuff too. So yeah. I don't. Yeah, it's it's just it's. Have you consulted the uh, the reverb sales to see if they're like going up in price at all? Or anything I like haven't that? looked. I haven't looked either. No, we're gonna set it up. We're gonna set off the man. That's sad. I right wonder now. if they just got blown out of competition because like all the boutique stuff and everything, or right? just lost in the rush of companies getting acquired. And yeah. getting acquired and cutting. Moving, yeah, cutting the fat. Right. That's too bad, man. So if anyone again. Orange amps. If you know anything about their American, American production, made orange amps. Digitech, in just anything in general, y'all listen this far into these shows and t- know anything about that. Yeah. Let us know because Shoot I am line. genuinely curious and me I want to. I want to pull the thread on this story. Yeah, me too, man. You know what I want to pull the thread on? The end of this episode because we've been <laughs> gabbing for a while here. It feels good though. Yeah, man, that was a good episode. High energy. The sun's starting to come out. That's so right. It's gonna be a, good, a great day. 
going to be a great night. And folks, if you made it this far, thank you so much for doing so. We're very, very thankful thank for you. that. And also, why don't you go make some music? Do it. <laughs>